0: The following program is sponsored by Protecting Your Retirement.
1: Hello, Kansas City. Welcome to Protecting Your Retirement. I am Joy Peterson, along with Don Wales, and we're here every weekend to help you navigate a successful retirement journey. And Don, this journey of this year has already brought us to October.
2: We're at month number ten. I know. Wow. And we have had a, as far as people coming in, every new client, and every uh, existing client. That we have talked to this year have been in person. I think and so. We're real happy about that. We're also very happy that people are following our recommendations and we've had a really terrific year so far. We're very blessed and really have to thank our clients. Some of them are radio listeners, others are people who are already with us and move things around in a good way. And, and some referrals. are recommended yeah. referrals. We've got some. Really big referral cases, and Joy thinks she just picked one up in a real casual conversation. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, we're in October now. Yes. And October is sometimes called a fall.
1: It's also a kind of scary month because you got Halloween at the end of it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that throughout the program today about fall, like you said. We'll also talk about things that are kind of scary. And then what do you do about them?
2: Yeah, because we have the cure.
1: We have the cure. <laughs> you know, you're you're saying that it is fall now. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think the first day of fall is what what was that, September 22nd? Twenty second. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're in the fall, mm-hmm. but
1: we don't get a lot of really fall days. And if you've noticed, even through mm-hmm. the month of September, it's been fairly warm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's been pleasant to hot.
1: Yeah, to hot. Talking about hot, I was looking at this post from the National Weather Service for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about the people who complain that we don't get any real fall weather. Mm-hmm. We go straight from summer to winter. And they mm-hmm. were saying, yeah, you're kind of right. Listen to mm-hmm. this. So I, I found this kind of interesting. In the last three years, I'm going to tell you the last day that we hit 90 degrees. Okay. And then what the first day of snowfall was.
2: Okay. So the last day of 90 degrees Mm -hmm. to the first day of snowfall. Right. Is this Kansas City or the Midwest?
1: This is for Kansas City. Okay. The National Weather Service of Kansas City. So just, we'll say Mm. the the metro area. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, the last day that we hit 90 degrees was October 7th. Okay. The first snowfall, October 26th. That's only 18 days in between. Wow. In 2019... Our last 90-degree day was September 19th, and the first snowfall was October 28th. So that was, you know...
2: 38 days. Yeah.
1: But get this one. 2018, the last day of 90 degrees was October 3rd. The first snowfall was October 14th. That's only 10 days. After
2: 10 days of fall.
1: Yeah. We went from, <laughs> you know, like Sahara Desert
2: right. to
1: Arctic winter in 10 days. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest, folks. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes, it'll change.
2: Or 10 days. Or 10
1: days. (laughs) (laughs) But the temperature isn't the only thing that has a history of falling in the month of October.
2: That's right. It's not just the temperature, not just the leaves on the trees and the bushes, but the stock market sometimes has its major misbehaviors occur in the month of October. And that's not celebrating my birthday, which is in a month of October. That is true. But anyhow, during the month of October, historically speaking, October has been a, a bad month for the economy. This year is the 34th anniversary of Black Monday. That was October 19, 1987. The 32nd anniversary of Friday the 13th mini crash in the market in 1989. The more recent financial crisis of 2008, that really played out over several months, but most of the action, Lehman Brothers and uh, Washington Mutual Bankruptcies, stock market crashes, global panic, bailout, that all took place during the last half of September and throughout October. We're not going to get into all the reasons behind those, Mm -hmm. but one of them I will talk about a little bit later in the show. So all of these things are October. Financial professionals have noticed over the years that a lot of certificates of deposit that people own and have owned or renewed or rolled from CD to CD over a very long period of time, very disproportionate amount of certificates of deposit mature in October. And we think it's because people took money out of the market. What was left, they took out of the market. They went to banks, CDs, and they still have them but it's still in that mode. Another uh, indication of that is in April, a lot of certificates of deposit mature, and that could be that October and April are about six months apart. A lot of CDs, when people first go into them, are six month or 180 days. Also, a lot of people get large tax refunds in April.
1: We want to make sure that we're not saying that something's going to happen this October. We don't know. We don't try to predict it. No. It's just, historically, October hasn't been a really good month when it comes to the stock market and the economy. Do you think some of that has to do with the fact that, isn't October the like financial year? Doesn't it start in October? Yeah.
2: the I believe the government financial or fiscal year is uh, September. Oh, okay. And then, for some reason... Many corporations, which really help drive the economy, don't work on calendar year basis. They work on fiscal year. And there are some really major players, uh, but probably the major one is the government. When they talk Mm -hmm. about the budget for a certain year, they are never talking about the calendar year. Right now, we're experiencing some, this week anyhow, some concerns about whether Congress will get together and avoid a uh, government shutdown or... You know, so that's all occurring in or has now moved into the month of October. It was really the issue was around for a good deal last month. There are reasons that you know, we call it fall, and I think that means uh, falling leaves, but, you know, you've got some other things going on here. What we wanted to look at, and again, we're not predicting any doom and gloom. Actually, we're going to talk about who sells when the market has big misbehavior, interesting article we'll have pretty shortly. What I wanted to look at, however, is there's an article in The Wealth Advisor, and it's written by a gentleman named Brian Soze, and he wrote it just very recently, actually uh, at the end of September. And the article is, here's the next problem for the stock market. And this gentleman has been around the financial services industry in many roles for a very long time. He's going back in time and saying whenever there's bad news on the horizon, he would ask brokers, broker-dealers and financial quote-unquote experts, what does it mean? His lead sentence is, all bad news is priced into the stock market until it isn't. He says he found out long ago that a number of financial services pros that no matter what risks were barreling Straight down on the investors, they would tell him that, don't worry, it's already priced into the valuation of the public companies. So matter what was happening that was bad, was affecting corporations, large companies, don't worry, it's already valued in, that's already been handled by the people, you know, the smart money.
1: So they're saying as the stock market increases and shares are going up, which they have been kind of at record pace for the last 12 years years or so. so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That whatever, quote unquote, bad things they could be coming at them, we've already taken that into consideration.
2: Yeah. So back in 2007, when Bear Stearns hedge funds seemingly blew up out of nowhere, this guy called at late night to several people on Wall Street Supposedly knew what was going on. And the quote he got from one is, quote, nothing to see here, comma, stocks will climb the wall of worry, my friend, unquote. That's the gist of how those people answered when Bear Stearns had a real big problem. What happened next? Bye-bye, Bear Stearns. They're not around anymore. Bye-bye, Lehman Brothers. And almost bye-bye to the financial system. That's in late 07. The S&P, by March of 09, March 9th, had gone down to 666 points. It had been in the fourteen fifteen hundred 1500 range because I had bought a fixed index annuity, which I still have. Never lost a penny on it. And I bought it in 2007. When the federal started tampering, printing money, buying bonds, again, he asked the same question. He asked the bull market people about the impact of stocks as the Federal Reserve prepares to end its free money orgy in 2022. Quote, Fed tapering is all priced into the market. The S&P is good to go, baby. Okay. Again, he asked about what could be a government shutdown. What the broker's answered was, quote, debt ceiling deals always get done last minute stay hungry, stay diversified, under quote.
1: So they're saying even though it could look like there's a storm on the horizon, just stay the course.
2: Yeah, stay the course, stay in. Sometimes they say it's a good time to buy Mm -hmm. if there is a disruption or I call it market misbehavior. There's a really, really big company, uh, believe it or not, in China. It's called Evergrande, and it's a big real estate developer and a lot of Hedge funds and ETFs and probably mutual funds have huge amounts of money in Evergrande. I mean, they would make all of our big developers in real estate look tiny. And they're having some trouble. Really huge. So he said, well, what about Evergrande? How is that contagious to the U.S. market? Again, the same answer. It's priced in. We won't hurt if it goes down and the Chinese government doesn't bail it out.
1: You know, it's kind of crazy, though, like you said, that there may be some red flags, there may be some warning signs, but nobody is uh, advising to do anything but, you know, just stay where you're at.
2: And very soon in our next segment, the thing that this author has pointed out would be the next problem for the stock market is already here, and we'll explain what it is. Again, we're not doom and gloom, but on the other hand, we're not crazy about the market that... No matter what happens, don't worry. It's all built in. Right. And we'll give you three to four actual life examples that are occurring right now, have been for the last several months at least, maybe the last several quarters.
1: Well, like Paul Harvey always said, the rest of the story is coming up. We'll tell you about that. Next on Protecting Your Retirement, our phone number is 913-648-2700. The website, protectingyourretirement.com.
0: Do you have income guaranteed for the rest of your life? Don't stop work without it. Call Protecting Your Retirement today, 913-648-2700. Check us out on Facebook and at protectingyourretirement.com. If you're not driving, look deeply into a mirror and imagine what you will look like at age 100. (laughs) Oh my. Well, It's not really important how you'll look. The important thing is, how will your money look? The money you set aside for retirement, how will it look? Or will Piggy be a little on the thin side? Do you have enough money after retirement to live for 30 or more years? Sounds like you need a retirement income strategy. May I suggest protecting your retirement? Don Wells will provide a guaranteed retirement income strategy which incorporates insurance and annuity options to create opportunities for long-term growth as well as guarantee income throughout your retirement. Think about that for a moment. Income, throughout your retirement. Call Protecting Your Retirement at 913-648-2700 online at ProtectingYourRetirement.com.
1: This is Protecting Your Retirement, and we appreciate you spending part of your weekend with us. Our phone number is 913-648-2700, our website, protectingyourretirement.com. And remember, if there's something that you heard on the show that you want some more information about, or if any of these articles that we talk about, if you would like to see them, read them for yourself, go a little bit more in-depth, because we can only cover so much in one hour, please give us a call. We'd be happy to send those out to you. You can also reach out to us on our website, and that is protectingyourretirement.com. Well, we left off talking about how in the past there have been some warning signs of things for the market, and people are still like, no, 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 it's no big deal. It's factored in. Mm
2: -hmm. Well,
1: if it was factored in in 2008, why did everybody lose so much money?
2: The other example I give is 2001. Right now, the S&P's P-E ratios, that's price-earnings, hasn't been elevated as far as it is now at 22 times forward earnings since 2001. The big problem in 2001 with the stock market misbehavior was in part that they were overpriced in stock. In 2001, there was no unpredictable health pandemic raging around the world, wrecking havoc on global business. And there was no federal bond buying program pumping up asset markets.
1: See, and that's one of the things that I don't think people realize is that the Federal Reserve is buying all these junk bonds to keep (laughs) the economy, quote unquote, the stock market up and running. They're buying all these junk bonds. So these companies aren't going under like they have in the past. What happens with that? What happens when the junk bonds are proven to be junk?
2: And then the companies don't have money to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, here's Mm -hmm. what... Our author is saying now, we're going to have names of real companies here. Nike, the sneaker and apparel maker, warned last week, the loss of production in COVID-19 stricken Vietnam is among several supply chain issues it is encountering. Quote from their CEO. We are not immune to the global supply chain headwinds that are challenging the manufacture and movement of product around the world. Unquote. Our CFO Matt Friend.
1: Yeah, that, now, that's one of the things that we hadn't even talked about in the past is the supply chain. Supply problem. chain problem. And it's hitting everything. It's not right. just. It's not just night. What are those little chips in the, <laughs> the micro? Yeah, the little in chips. The, in the what is that? In Ford? the automobiles, they're and, everywhere. Uh-huh. They're
2: in everything that's electronic. But the automobile is probably the largest thing, retailer item that Mm -hmm. uh, cannot be finished in manufacture until they have these computer chips. Costco, they're having supply chain issues on their own. Quote, we're putting some limitations on key items like bath tissue, roll towels, signature water, high demand cleaning related items, furniture delays, and some shortages across the world. They're going from 8 to 12 weeks up to 16 to 18 weeks. And, you know, that's Costco.
1: You're telling me that there could be another hoarding of toilet paper?
2: It's already starting. Oh, goodness. In some stores. Nike, their stock uh, finished down last week about 4.5%. Costco was actually up a little bit. FedEx, the mighty transportation giant, had a terrible earnings report last week thanks to supply chain issues and the inability to hire enough workers. Its quarterly results were drilled by $450 million due to labor shortages alone, usually on the ground segment. An excess 600,000 packages across the network are being rerouted because of the inability to find labor to move them around their normal routes. They uh, slashed their full-year profit outlook, sending their stock down about 10% on the week. There's other ones, Micron, Chipmaker, Paychex. Not people's
1: paychecks, the company company paychecks. paychecks.
2: CarMax, (laughs) their shares are up 13% ahead of their earnings report. And apparently used car pricing has strengthened. So Carvana and CarMax are having a pretty good time. Mm -hmm. People are finding... Used cars, and a reason, is that a lot of new ones, and especially pickup trucks, cannot be sent out to the dealership. They don't have all the chips installed. When you can't take them from the factory lot to the dealer's lot, then you have oversupply of vehicles that you can't ship out because they're not saleable yet. And then they cut down production, which means jobs. So, this gentleman again, named Brian Sozy. Uh, is saying that supply chain problems, they're not just something interesting to look at. They're causing really big problems for some major, major companies. I just had someone told me they bought a 2018 pickup truck. In 2018, paid $62,000 for it, just traded it in for 2022, which is not even built yet. And the trade-in value was $1,000 higher than what they paid for it in 2018, and it has a normal amount of miles on it for 2018. So
1: That's kind of crazy because yeah. usually automobiles, the second you drive them off the lot, they depreciate in value. But
2: Until there's no new ones available.
1: Exactly. And then
2: they go up in value.
1: That whole supply and demand, right?
2: Right. So we don't predict. We're telling you all of this for a different reason altogether.
1: Okay. And we're going to get to that reason here in just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, pretty but, sure. So pretty when sure. things like this come up and you have like, well, let's just look at the 2020 example of when the stock market had some misbehaviors back in March and April and mm-hmm. early part of May of 2020. Now it's bounced back. We had kind of that V-shaped recovery, so right. they call it. But what happens, who is it that's going into, quote unquote, panic selling when we have some misbehaviors
2: in the market. Our friends at MIT, that's Massachusetts Institute of Technology. I might
1: have heard of them once or twice. (laughs) I don't call them
2: Ivy League because I think all the people that go there probably don't wear Ivy League clothing anymore like, you know, Mm -hmm. the smart ones, the mathematic uh, people. Bloomberg report, researchers at MIT are diving into demographics of people that And this is their definition, panic sell stocks during a market crash. What they found I thought was pretty surprising. Investors who are male over the age of 45, married or unmarried, but consider themselves as having, quote, excellent investment experience, unquote, are more likely to freak out, that's their words, and dump their portfolio during a downturn according to a paper published last month that analyzed more than 600,000 brokerage accounts.
1: That's a very wide spectrum. Now, that's not
2: analyzing 600,000 people, Mm -hmm. 600,000 brokerage accounts owned by people. The researchers say their work can be used to create predictive models which would help identify individuals at risk of panic selling. What my retort to that is, they find a predictive model, they tell the broker-dealers that they're working for doing the study, let's double down on these people. They might be one that will do a a panic sale. We're going to take care of the word panic sale, words panic sale in a few minutes, because I can always come up with a better word. It could be used to say, okay, someone's male, 45, married. Maybe their previous pattern has been to sell low, and so you know let's get a hold of them and kind of prop them up, Mm -hmm. give them a a double dose of what we usually say.
1: Tell them to stay calm, stay the course.
2: Maybe even buy some more. Uh The extreme emotional swings of being a stock market investor has long fascinated behavioral scientists. The MIT study didn't explore why investors panic sell. The intense fear and desire to give up and get out of market is well known to all the traders as well as the public. In the study, the researchers defined a panic sale as a plunge of 90% of a household account stock assets over the course of one month, a plunge of 90% of your stock equity value in the course of one month. Here's the important part, of which 50% or more is due to trades, In other words, you made trades or you made sales that took your overall portfolio down 90%. Your trades or your sale that they describe as a panic sale doesn't answer the question. If the portfolio is down 90%, 50% of it is because you sold some of the stuff, went to some other type of asset. What doesn't that explain? What is left on the table? The other 40% of the decrease. That we have a word for. It's called loss. It's also called market risk. So if somebody saw their stock portfolio go down 40% and then they took some uh, action and made some trades out of the market, I wouldn't really, maybe they want to call it a panic sale. We have another word for it all. We call it something
1: totally different. I would say it's stopping the bleeding. You're losing right. money left and right, and you don't want to be in this anymore. Even though they're saying, hey, stay the course, stay the course. You're like, I just lost 40% of my money. I want to do something else with it. We want to stop the bleeding.
2: Right, and when we stop the bleeding, we're not telling them to go buy a CD because we know what the rates are. Very, very low. Buying a CD, going into a savings account, even a checking account, that's a Band-Aid when you've sold to avoid a further loss. We don't use Band-Aids of protecting your retirement. We use the Cure. And the Cure is using fixed annuities that have no market risk. They have a really fast shot at growth from the market indexes with no market risk. They have no negative effect during a market misbehavior. You might not make as much on your annuity. But you will not lose a penny. They don't have any panic selling problem. They also handle a few other problems we can talk about, like longevity and running out of money in your retirement.
1: And Dawn, when we come back from our break, I want to dive a little bit into that. What is a fixed annuity? How do they work? How do they save you from market risk? How do they save you from running out of money? We'll talk about all of that coming up next on Protecting Your Retirement. Our phone number is 913-648-2700. Our website, protectingyourretirement.com. Welcome back to Protecting Your Retirement. I am Joy Peterson, along with Don Wales, and our phone number is 913-648-2700. Our website, protectingyourretirement.com. We talked about the stock market and what could be on the horizon. Again, we don't know. Who We're,
2: knows? It could keep going it up. It could. The author that I quoted in our last segment has made it a history or a practice, all of his uh, investment career, to ask experts what is going on and what it means and we shared some of the answers. And then near the end of his article, he said, all of these answers appear to be from people who really think that the S&P 500 is going to 5,500 next year. I think it's around 43 or 4,400 mm-hmm. now. So that'd be like a 1,000 point or more rise. Hey, that could happen. When I was in high school, I took all the business classes because that's what I really liked. And our, our business teacher said, you know, in your lifetime, you might even see that the Dow would get up to 400.
1: 400.
2: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> That's kind of funny.
2: Instead of in the 30,000 yeah. range. Yeah.
1: I would advise everybody, and I, I'm going to get on to you. I'm going to make you sit in this conference room where we record our show and watch the big short, the movie, The Big Short. It I have explains, not watched it. It explains exactly yeah. what happened in that 2007, 2008, 2009 downturn,
2: mm-hmm.
1: why it happened, how it happened, and then go and look at what's going on today. Mm-hmm. And see if you see any similarities. I'm just, you know, you, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I personally saw some similarities, but who knows? We yeah. don't We don't try to predict it. What we try to do is protect you from it.
2: And everything we recommend to you, whether it be a life insurance policy, long-term care insurance policy, or other types of solutions, or a fixed annuity, all of those are not protecting your retirement guarantees. Those are guarantees issued by major life insurance companies, that have very high ratings, they have no regulatory trouble from the states. When they find out they have a bad apple in their agency, sales force or within their corporations, they get rid of them immediately. Whereas some of the regulators on the market risk side, which is the whole rest of the financial services universe, can have problem after problem, customer complaints, malpractice, errors and omissions, problems, sometimes even, you know, clients' money missing over and over before anyone says, hey, you're not working in this industry anymore. You know, to have handwriting all over the walls. And what is on our wall in our office, not handwriting, but we actually had lettering <laughs> affixed to the walls about the, the positive things that we have, famous quotes. So, you know, we're here to stay and we have everything we recommend to you or anything any of our clients own that came through us is guaranteed. And some of them have guaranteed rates of return. A lot of them have guaranteed rates of what the multiplier will be when you turn on lifetime income, guaranteed lifetime income. You know what the multiplier is gonna be the day you open the fixed index annuity, and yet you might not be retiring for 30 years from now. Or maybe you'll be retired already, but not need additional income for another decade. We can say, you put in this amount now, you add on a guaranteed lifetime income rider, that rider guarantees that your value, regardless of market, will be worth X amount at such and such a date in the future, actually at a certain age in the future. They're going to pay you this much money for life. Anything left over in the annuity goes to your heirs not back to the insurance company.
1: So let me back you up just a bit here. Let's just start with the basics. What is an annuity?
2: An annuity is a contract between an insurance company and an individual. Generally speaking, when we're talking about annuities, we refer to fixed annuities because there's no market risk involved. Annuities are usually sold to individuals. We do not do anything called a group annuity. They're all individual or uh, co-owners. Co-owners are uh, almost always spouses. So we're dealing right in the individual market, people moving their money from risk or from low returns into the safety, the growth, and the guaranteed elements of fixed annuities. So it's a contract. If you wanna get legalistic, it's a unilateral contract. Once you place the money in an annuity, you no longer have any requirement. The insurance company has all sorts of requirements protect your money, grow your money, distribute it as you wish, and uh, things of that nature. So it's unilateral. You don't owe them anything after you open it up. Really, the reason for buying the annuity is the guarantee it provides and the guarantee of lifetime income, if you wish. Some annuities are set up to provide guarantees for shorter periods of time, if that's what you want. We have what we call multi-year guarantee annuities. They go from about two to 20 years usually. And you have a guaranteed rate of interest over the entire period of that annuity contract. You will get the guaranteed amount year after year compounded. And whenever you uh, have that mature, you can roll it over to another one or draw out the money, set up an income stream, whatever you wish. The beauty of an annuity of any type is that you don't pay any income tax on what it earns periodically until you take the money out. If you never take money out, the income tax will be paid by your beneficiaries when they get the money, quote-unquote, for free. If you leave the money to a charity, Uncle Sam never gets income tax on it because charities are exempt from paying income taxes. You know, you have a lot of advantages to annuities, And they come in a lot of shapes and sizes. We call them plain vanilla, multi-year guarantee annuities. We have immediate annuities. They're pretty simple. You put in your money and right away you start taking an income, usually for life or for a period of time that you feel you need additional income. Usually that's before you turn on your Social Security or pension income. Maybe you retire a little bit early, either by choice or otherwise. By the way, of you or anyone else you know, is quote-unquote retiring early, either by choice or by company choice, please tell them don't retire without protecting your retirement. Even if it's an imminent uh, situation, we'll prepare a comprehensive retirement income plan, no charge, no fees, and we'll show them how to make the assets that they have work in their benefit for their entire Retirement journey.
1: And we've said that before. I mean, having a large nest egg, whether it's in your 401k, whether it's in a stock market portfolio, I mean, those are all nice things to have. And we encourage you to save money. Everybody should be saving for their retirement. But really, what it boils down to isn't how much do you have, it's how long can you make it last. Right. So, how is it that an annuity? can handle the problem of, hey, what happens if I live a really long time?
2: Insurance companies have a department, usually at the home office, because they want to keep close tabs on that department. And that's called the actuary department. Actuaries are people. Oftentimes, they're very uh, mathematical, very statistical, very uh, focused on how what's happening now might affect the future. And they figure out, to the best of their ability, when money in annuity or a life insurance contract or a long-term care insurance contract, when will that money be called upon by the owner of that money. All that money is still your money, okay? Anyhow, with the annuity side, they actuarially try to estimate when the money will be needed and, therefore, how much the insurance company has available to buy options And make investments for the long term so that the insurance company's availability of growth money is available when the owners of that money, the clients, the customers, the policy or contract holders, will have the money guaranteed. And they're conservative people. Also within every insurance company, there is a department called marketing and sales. And that's our main point of contact unless we're doing client service. Marketing and sales, those people are rah, rah, go, go. Let's add this feature, we heard the company down the street is doing this, why can't we do it? And they're for the selling the product, getting it out there, selling it. By design, actuaries and marketing departments are supposed to fight each other, okay? <laughs> All one big family, you know, we're a team, Nah, (laughs) there's two teams.
1: Well, kind of like me and my husband. I'm the type of... Everything is sunshine and roses, and hey, we could have this great big plan, and this is going to be—we're going to reach for the stars. and My husband's the one who keeps me grounded. So yeah. the <laughs> the actuaries are the ones that keep the company grounded, whereas the marketing people and are the ones that yeah, are like, they want hey, to do let's every,
2: let's do it everything all. for the clients, so that
1: right. so they can give the most back to their their people, their clients mm, as well.
2: Right, and I have talked to the head actuaries at two of the very largest companies we deal with. One of is about the largest uh, company in the world as far as annuities. I've also talked to the uh, head investment department people at two other companies. And the actuaries they send out to talk to us usually also have a personality and they're fun to get along with. But anyhow, so you get the picture. So actuaries and investment advisors help the insurance company make enough money to pay the claims. A claim is when you want your money back and also to make a profit. We would never wanna see one of the insurance companies we use not make a profit. We want them to stay in business. We want their shareholders to benefit from the great things we do for the company. And we wanna keep getting paid and see everything handled in a way it should. And so really they, generally speaking, on an annuity company, they will try to earn about two and a quarter to two and three quarter percent more than what the cost of delivering the product and servicing the product is. If they do that year after year after year, they have a chunk of their own money that they can use for investments. A lot of insurance companies uh, make mortgage loans to corporations, municipalities, and, and so forth.
1: But they have to keep dollar for dollar everything that they've promised in reserve. And then whatever's extra, they can invest in that right. type of stuff. It's not like a bank to where mm-hmm. if I give them $100, they're reinvesting 90% of it. And my $100 isn't actually sitting in their bank. That's right. how they're banks work. They're loaning it out. The annuity companies don't do that way. If I give them $100, they have to have $100 plus whatever they promised me.
2: So it was available to you. Other than if you draw it out too soon, you might have a surrender charge.
1: So, Don, when we come back, let's talk about how annuities can be used to fund retirement accounts and for a lot of our clients, they're really worried about their beneficiaries. How Mm -hmm. are they going to leave a legacy? We'll talk about that coming up on Protecting Your Retirement. Our phone number is 913-648-2700, our website, protectingyourretirement.com.
0: If you're not driving, look deeply into a mirror and imagine what you will look like at age 100. (laughs) Oh, my. Well, it's not really important how you'll look. The important thing is, how will your money look? The money you set aside for retirement, how will it look? Or will Piggy be a little on the thin side? Do you have enough money after retirement to live for 30 or more years? Sounds like you need a retirement income strategy. May I suggest protecting your retirement? Don Wells will provide a guaranteed retirement income strategy, which incorporates insurance and annuity options to create opportunities for long-term growth as well as guarantee income throughout your retirement. Think about that for a moment. Income. Income throughout your retirement. Call Protecting Your Retirement at 913-648-2700. Online at protectingyourretirement.com. Do you have income guaranteed for the rest of your life? Don't stop work without it. Call Protecting Your Retirement today, 913-648-2700. Check us out on Facebook and at protectingyourretirement.com.
1: This is Protecting Your Retirement. I am Joy Peterson along with Don Wales, and our phone number is 913-648-2700, our website protectingyourretirement.com. You had said something about if somebody was looking at possibly being forced to retire early or maybe wanting to retire early, or maybe there's just a job change, how can annuities fit into that? How can it be used to fund a retirement account?
2: An annuity is a favored choice of where to put money that can accept all types of money. An annuity can be the depository for rolled over 401k, 403. It can be used to deposit your IRA money. It can be used to set up separate contracts for owners or employees of businesses. We have probably oh, more than half of the annuity contracts that we have in our clientele are for individual retirement accounts. That money, in some cases, people came in and made deposits, opened up an IRA using an annuity as the depository trustee, whatever. They put in little money and then they add to it every year or every quarter. Some of them actually talked to their accountants every quarter and say, this is how much I'm making, and the accountant will advise how much to put in their annuity IRA. Other times, people will leave an employer, either retiring or changing a job, or not being happy with how the funds in their employment-related retirement plan are, and they'll roll that over, transfer it to an individual retirement account. Again, a fixed annuity can be the uh, Depository for your money, and we never forget whose money it is. By the way, so you can fund uh, individual retirement accounts, both traditional and Roth. If uh, you're a business owner, you can fund for your employees and yourself a simple IRA, which is uh, really you set up a IRA for each employee, or they can set it up themselves and tell you where it is. And on payday, you withhold part of their pay that they allow you to do, and you send it over to their bank or annuity company or wherever they have their IRA.
1: So somebody who works maybe for a small business who is not offered a 401k, they could set up their own IRA account and do pretty much the same thing as a 401 only with an annuity?
2: Yes, they can. And the employer can actually contribute to a simple IRA as well as the employee, there's another plan called a, a SEP IRA, and that's usually used by self-employed people. You know, like Don Wales, <laughs> and you know put money into it. It is an IRA. I use it as traditional IRA myself, and I'm allowed to put in a much larger amount into that than if I was uh, simply funding a individual IRA where I'm limited to uh, seven thousand dollars a year contribution. If I was under age 50, that would only be 6000 a year. With the SEP IRA or Simplified Employee Pension IRA, if you're self-employed and have a, a level of profit of anything more than I think about, we figured $28,000 net profit, you should not be doing just your uh, IRA for six or 7000 a year. You should be doing a SEP IRA. You can put into it up to $58,000 a year if you have significant profit in your business. If your accountant hasn't told you that, you really need to change, Mm -hmm. we can recommend some. Individual retirement accounts are a fair place to put money for your retirement, fixed annuity, no market risk, guarantees a lifetime income, guaranteed rate of growth. If you uh, want something beyond a guaranteed rate of growth, use a fixed indexed annuity. That grows when the market index is a positive. It does not shrink when the market indexes have their misbehavior.
1: You so. had mentioned that people who have left a job or changed jobs, their 401k, 403bs, the 557 plans are portable. But for somebody who's in a 401k, if they're 59 and a half, they could roll over at least a portion of their 401k or even all of their 401k right. and mm-hmm. put it into safe money. So for the people, and we had somebody who was in just mm. a couple of weeks ago yeah. who hit the 59 and a half mark and is like, I don't know what's going to go on with the market, but it worries me. I want my money out. Mm-hmm. So we set them up with a fixed index annuity so that they would have that potential for growth.
2: Right.
1: But they can never take a step backwards. They, The only way that they have a negative on their account is if they take it out themselves
2: right we have just dozens and dozens maybe hundreds of people who have done this at age 59 and a half still working if it's a 401k okay you can't do that with a 403 you have to leave the employer before you can pull out your money but anyhow with a 401 we have a lot of people who at 59 and a half they take the present balance or a majority of it Move it to a fixed annuity, fixed index annuity. They're still growing when the market grows. They are still contributing to their 401k because they're still at the same employer. They're still getting a match of ones available and they're still making decisions on how they want that money in their 401k allocated, which mutual funds to choose, whether to buy uh, company stock or Whatever choices, maybe even if 401 has a choice of an annuity or a choice to put your money in a Roth account. Going forward, after they've taken the majority of their money out of a 401k into a safe, fixed annuity, then they're still participating in the market. And they could be, if they're so inclined, more aggressive at choosing growth mutual funds or maybe company stock or other alternative investments within their 401k because they know that the chunk that they pulled out is safe, growing, and has guarantees way beyond what a company pension would have as a guarantee. Company pension, you usually choose whether you want it paid out just until you die or until both you and your spouse are gone, and there's no beneficiary provision beyond that. Every single annuity contract fixed, fixed index variable has beneficiary benefits. Unless you come in and say, just pay me for my lifetime and you know, forget it after that, keep the money, I'm happy. Not many people do that.
1: And we wouldn't recommend that they do. No,
2: but anyhow, every annuity contract, you name beneficiaries, that person's gone, you might've named contingent beneficiaries. Maybe you name a trust as a contingent beneficiary. You're saying... When I'm done taking money out of this and there's money left, here's who I want to get it. Don't try telling that to your pension plan Mm -hmm. trustee. It's all whatever you use, you get, what's left over. You know, really, it doesn't go back to the company. It goes back to all of your co-workers or fellow retirees. I worked for a Fortune 500 company. We had a big profit sharing plan. They were very generous, well-managed. It grew Significantly every year, but every year we got a statement. It said the company contributed this much to a profit sharing plan, it grew by this much. There were forfeitures, and that meant more money to me as an employee of that company. The forfeitures were people who maybe had already turned on lifetime income, passed away, and there was money left, or people who left the company. And that's how it works in a lot of a profit sharing and pension plan, so.
1: The flexibility in an annuity means that you can name the beneficiary, whoever you want to, and you can change it. We've had some people who, maybe there's a divorce, maybe there's a death, maybe they decided to leave it all to charity later on down the road, but they have Mm -hmm. the flexibility to do that. You don't have that in a pension. And we've seen several people who got remarried and wanted to change their beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are, are things that you just do not have the option. You can't do that with a pension. And you can't do that with your social security.
2: Yeah, your social security, unless you die young, it's going, in that case, it'll go to your children, mm-hmm. minor children. And if you don't have any of those left, or they're all adults, uh, it's going to go to your spouse. Not really, it doesn't even really go to your spouse, just the spouse gets to have the higher the two amounts. Single people, they have no choice on social security benefits. My uh, sister died at a relatively young age, you know, in the In her 60s, there's a social security like a little benefit, death benefit for a grave mark or something like that. I think it's a couple hundred dollars. (laughs) A single person's heirs don't get that payment. Mm -hmm. It's only if they're married, the spouse gets it.
1: Well, I have some friends who the husband has a pension and the second wife, it was a second marriage, has an annuity. Mm Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the pension for the husband, when he passes away, there's nothing to be left for his children. Right. He's living off his pension, which is great. It's a good thing that he has it, but there's nothing left to his kids. With an annuity, you can name whoever you want as a beneficiary, and that's just a big part of legacy planning that you don't have with other products. Right. Before we go, Don, I want to remind everybody that we do not charge any fees and we have no minimum amount of assets that you have to have to come in and talk to us. We love to educate people. We love to show you what your options are. If you think that we're a good fit for you, we'd love to work with you.
2: And you know, if you come in or you talk to us on the phone for a while and then you don't do anything that we've recommended or you don't, stay with us long enough to get a recommendation. We still have your name and pencil notes that we took in a file. The reason for that is we don't hassle you. We don't follow up with people who uh, don't ask us to. Over and over and over again, not a year goes by when we don't have a few quote unquote new clients that we spoke to a very long time ago. They came in, they talked, they talk about what they might do in retirement or in the future. And finally, they hear us again on the radio. Something triggers and they come in and they finally become a client.
1: Our phone number is 913-648-2700. Our website, protectingyourretirement.com. Have a very happy, safe, and healthy week. We'll see you next time on Protecting Your Retirement.
0: The preceding program was sponsored by Protecting Your Retirement,